Hey, welcome to Lambo Leap Podcast. On today's show, Wags and I talk about the big victory against the Atlanta Falcons. We talk about uh, the future of the team going forward the rest of the season and how much we dislike the Minnesota Vikings and much, much more. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, follow us on Instagram, Lambo Leap Podcast, or on Twitter, Lambo Leap P-O-D. That's at Lambo Leap P-O-D. Um, we, we've really been enjoying doing this, and it's a lot funner to do it when we have a Packer victory. So sit back and listen, and as always, go Pack Go! Welcome to another edition of the Lambo Leap Podcast. This is Wags, and I've got Dane here. Hey, hey! You guys didn't think that we would pass up an opportunity to talk about a Packers victory, would yes. you? Yes! Finally! It doesn't seem like we've had very many of no. these, Dane. It's been a while, but but oh my goodness, that was Packer football, wasn't it? Yeah, uh... It's been a long time. Now, I know we've won some games this year, but that felt like the definitely the most complete game we've seen all year uh, from this Packers team and almost vintage Packer football. That felt that was a cold weather football game at Lambeau Field with the Green Bay Packers dominating basically from start to finish. I, I was just so excited to watch us play a team. I, yeah, I don't throw the records out. Matt Ryan has had a ton of success in the NFL over the years. He's going to have more success in the NFL. And to watch the Green Bay Packer defense look opportunistic and fast, oh, there's nothing better. Yeah, and and Julio Jones has just lit us up oh, in the past. God. And it started off not yes. looking like much was going to change in that regard. Um, but, uh, you know, it... it it was a, a quiet afternoon for Julio, as it turned out, after that first touchdown. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. And and check the boxes, right? I mean, you start checking boxes and you go, hey, Mason Crosby looked like Mason Crosby, right? He was drilling some field goals in cold weather where the kicker for the Falcons didn't have the leg behind it. You look at, as we touched on the defense, Breland... He's a playmaker a little bit in that defensive backfield. He's he's done that. This this isn't the first game he's looked good back there. He's had opportunistic interceptions uh, already this year, but that pick six was pretty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he read that perfectly, um, and it just again it seems like it's been a while since the defense has has uh, gotten some turnovers and then to convert that right into points um, I can't that, stop smiling Wag. yeah that was that was exciting and you know uh, jumped right up there that gave us a, a 16 to uh, 7 lead and then after the extra point 10 point lead right there um, boy you really had to feel good about our chances at that point didn't we oh my goodness and the, and the offense I the offense 
let's just temper the cap. I know it's one game. I know that um, you can probably expect either like a, a pretty significant lift after a coaching change or a complete drop-off entirely when a team loses a coach midway through the year, even three-quarters of the way through the season like the Packers did. But for one week... Joe Philbin had the right answers on third down. The offense, I think I tweeted it out during the game. I couldn't help myself. I said, this is the Packer offense. Here it is. Yep, absolutely. Quick passing, uh, good conversion. Rodgers got some conversion uh, with his feet. Uh, It seemed like he had his eyes in the back back of his head again. Um, Scrambling. That knee's good, right? Yeah, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, You know, uh, let's, let's start right off the top. With the two challenges that Coach Philbin made. <laughs> yeah. um, terrible decision or galvanizing moment for the team? Galvanizing, 100%. And I, I, I granted it's easy in hindsight to look at it and, and go, um, you know, we won the game and the team looked looked bought in. But but he went right out right away and was aggressive, right? And, and for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was his time in Miami. Maybe it's just his demeanor uh, when he talks to the media. He doesn't strike me just as a, as a person, as like the aggressive guy. And he doesn't look like it on the sidelines. But I'll tell you what, the way he did it, the way he attacked that defense, but, but the way he threw those challenge flags, um, they didn't work out for us. But I really did think it was one of those scenarios where this is a new head coach to this team. A lot of the guys already know him, right? Because he was a, he's been a coordinator uh, for the team in the past. But this is one of those, hey guys, I got you moments. Yeah, certainly. And I don't know what a catch is in the NFL still. I don't either. I, I, I really don't think the right call was made on the first one. No. Uh, so clearly that seemed like a no-brainer to, the, to throw the uh, challenge flag. And, you know, you win that, you still got your two challenges left for the game. You don't lose a timeout. And timeouts in the first half, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to just throw them away, but not quite as important, I don't think, as they are in the second half. At the second one, <laughs> not really sure what he was doing. Um, I, so, But like you said, it worked out. And I, I will tell you what. Um, you, you hear the quotes after the game that Breland went up to uh, uh, Jair Alexander and said, hey, man, he's fighting for you. Yep. And, you know, these guys, it's interesting what will motivate right. them. I mean, they're – I'm not going to pick on any one player, but <laughs> they're, they're not necessarily rocket scientists, no. right? I mean, so sometimes there's little stupid things like that that will get a team going. So, yeah. I, you know what, if that, if that worked at the, at the time, I really didn't quite understand the second challenge. <laughs> But but right. uh, it seemed like it did more good than harm in the yeah. long run. Yeah, and and it was fun. You could tell. You could tell on Sunday those guys were having fun, right? From start to finish, they looked. It almost felt like there was just a weight lifted off everybody's shoulders with 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 the the changeover of the coaching staff. And I think that there. I thought the Packers handled the transition really well. I thought it was incredibly classy of the organization. End of, of uh, Mike McCarthy, a couple days after the firing for him to be able to go and address the coaching staff again and then address the team. I think it gave them some closure. Uh, but I also think that this team was pretty excited knowing that Philbin, this is kind of his second shot here to show what he can do as a head coach. And, and let me be clear, 
I don't think Joe Philbin has any shot at being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers in 2019. I don't think that he will be seriously considered. Just my opinion. I don't see it. But I do think that these guys have a lot of pride. They showed a ton of pride, and they wanted to go out and, and win some games for this guy. So I, I guess one of the other things I, I, I find curious is – uh, certainly, Philbin's been uh, presumably a big part of the game planning yeah. and the offense this whole season. Uh, certainly, he wasn't calling plays. No. But this is a guy that it was highlighted several times has never called plays. <laughs> As in the he's NFL. holding the stuff in his hands, right? The sheets. So. How can it make that much of a difference, particularly on third down? I, I just am curious yeah. what your thoughts are on that. I, Wags, I don't. I, I can't pretend to have all the answers, but I felt like Rodgers would get the ball out of his hands on those third down plays much quicker than he had in the past. I thought on some of those first and second down plays, they were calling some more deeper step drops. And Rodgers, let's be clear, Rodgers uh, spent some time on the ground on Sunday still. And we had three guys out. Um, Lane Taylor was out, Byron Bell was out, and uh, Bulaga was out. So you're going to expect some pressure, and, and and Rodgers made a ton of plays with his legs. But still, I, I looked at some of those plays where Rodgers uh, scoots out, and he has that he has that route underneath. Uh, there were a couple plays there on Sunday where Devontae Adams wasn't sprinting 30 yards down the field, where he ended up being this third down check guy. And that maybe that was happening prior earlier in the season, but I didn't see it. And We've talked about that ad nauseum as this podcast is ha, has formed over the last uh, few weeks and months. Uh, it just appeared to me that uh, Rodgers had some outlets, and once he was able to scramble out, he was able to hit guys for those third down chain movers. Sure, and maybe it's just the Atlanta defense isn't maybe. very good. Um, you know, I don't want to overanalyze it. It's, I, I think the it is curious, and it is the timing, and, and kudos to them. Perhaps it is just a... Um, a matter of, you know, that tension is gone. These guys, sometimes you don't overthink things as right. much. Um, okay, let's just go out and play. Um, it, it could be some of that. Or it could be just Rodgers um, made some reads. Maybe he missed some some reads. I, I'm yeah. not, you know, I, I don't think he played any better or worse this past week than he had in previous weeks. But certainly the third down conversions was the biggest difference for the offense uh, this week versus in previous games. Definitely. and I, But I do think that Rodgers used his legs a little more this past week. And I don't know if it's just he's getting a little more healthy. I don't know if it was a necessity. <clears throat> Maybe he... Uh, wasn't quite as comfortable with uh, with Spriggs at right tackle. Yeah, I know uh, that, I wouldn't be. <laughs> that could be too. You yeah. know that you said there's there's some injured guys up front. He knows he's got to get rid of the football. Yeah. Um, so again, not thinking as much, not relying so much on that extended protection, trying to overextend plays. Um, you know, he's tried to move, and I don't think he's was significantly healthier, at least. Yeah. I don't know that. I mean, we don't know. Maybe he was. I don't think so. Um, yeah. I don't think he was. I, I mean, he's tried to move the pocket and tried to escape. It doesn't seem, though, he's had a lot of success with that this year. No. Um, and I don't know if it's because he doesn't have that release valve that's that's pulling um, that first um, de- line of defense, um, kind of holding them in place so that he can 
keep them honest and they're able to just shoot the gaps um, a little bit more. I, I think that's part of what we've been seeing. So yep. that might be the biggest key. I, you you might have hit on it, Dane, that we had a couple of guys that were putting that pressure on that first line of defense, and now your linebackers can't come up and press and shoot the gaps on the line of scrimmage yep. um, to try to take Rodgers down because then he's got an easy completion. You're right. You're right. And, and I mean, my goodness, does it it helped, I thought, that we it was clear that uh, we had uh, – he has some trust in, obviously, in Adams and some of the young guys. But I'll tell you what, Randall Cobb being back helps too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You can see it on Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's always been kind of his – go-to guy on third downs i mean yeah. sure jordy obviously but but cobb as much as anyone is is the guy that makes big play after big play yes. on third and especially fourth down you're right uh, he's his guy he's like he it's funny some quarterbacks use that big tight end on third and four some some use their their long receiver but rogers if you just you can tell he is comfortable he goes to randall cobb in those moments when it matters well and the biggest thing for cobb that you don't see for a lot of the other Packers receivers is he's willing to go down to the ground to catch the football. Yes. <laughs> and um, that's something that we don't see a lot of out of uh, the Packers offense because that yards after catch is so important. Rodgers, to his credit, always tries to hit the receiver in stride, doesn't try to make passes to guys, even right. if they might be open for a completion, that he's putting them in harm's way. Um, so, uh, you know, but at the same time, when you need that three, four yards, uh, when you have tight windows and you know Cobb's going to dive all yes. over the place and go down, catch the football, secure it, and make the play that you need to, uh, you're more, you've got a much for a smaller guy, he's got a much larger catch radius than than some of these other receivers do. Totally, and he he's I mean Randall Cobb, talk about a grinder, right? He I know he's he's had some injury issues over the last couple of years, and maybe he's not as productive as he was when he was 23 or 24. But it is noticeable when he's there. He does. He's he seems to. Um, have sticky hands and um, he just battles. I love watching him play. It was fun to see him catch that touchdown this week and 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 the show that he got. Uh, you know, it's getting mixed back in. And guess what? We're playing Chicago Bears. He's a Bears week. killer, baby. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say the same thing. Yeah. It's good to have him a back. nice little warm up for, yeah. for, for for Cobb before yes. the, before a big uh, showdown against the Bears. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of the great moments that I can remember in Randall Cobb's careers. I I'm just gonna go ahead and and put him out there in no particular order to start the year this year. That catch and run late in the fourth quarter was unbelievable against Chicago. Um, that three touchdown game against the New York Giants. In the playoffs a couple of years ago, with the hail mary catch to end the second uh, second half was incredible. But my all-time favorite Randall Cobb moment um, ever in his career, and fourth one of my down. that fourth down touchdown, Rodgers after the injury comes back. For the playoffs. John Kuhn with the huge block. Big block on Julius Peppers. <laughs> Randy comes down with it. Game over. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll, we can talk a little bit more about the Bears in a moment. But, uh, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Just love love to see him back. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, a, a pretty productive game uh, in, in the run game, too. Um, uh, Honestly, I really loved the way uh, Philvin used Jones this week. Um, There were some 
moments in the first half you're thinking, well, why is it taking him a while to get in the game? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the offense had rhythm, yeah. and we were moving the football, scoring points, and that really set up the run in the second half, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I, I We saw this was 100% the most complete game of the season, in my opinion. Uh, they... They the they they complemented the pass game with the run, not the other way around, which I'm totally fine with them doing. Yep. Um, what I was worried they were going to do is they were going to keep uh, kind of bouncing between backs in the second half, and they were going to try to give, um, you know, Williams, who again I really like Williams. I think uh, Jamal Williams is a heck of a back. Um, I was worried that they were going to be going back and forth between those two. And instead, what they did was they, they went ahead and they they just they went all in on Aaron Jones. And I, I was really excited to see his playmaking ability. I was excited to see them pass him the ball out of the backfield in this game a little bit and give Jones the touches that I think that he's earned over this time. Um, and it was almost, dare I say, a sneaky way to use him in the second half to seal the game. And 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 he just seemed to get stronger as the, as the, the game progressed. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a difference between being balanced continually versus keeping the defense off balance and ending up with a balanced offense. Um, At the end of the game, you would say that they had the balance that you would like to see Mm -hmm. out of the Packers offense between the run and the pass, Um, especially with how they managed the lead. Um, And, you know, certainly circumstances can play into that a little bit as well. But um, balance doesn't mean running the ball on first down, passing the ball on second down, and uh, deciding to, if you have third down, pass the ball. Um, that was what we've been talking about all season, that predictability yeah. that the Packers seem to have. Or it would be just the opposite. Pass, 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 first down, and then that was run, that second down became the default running down. That's right. And the defense is... It, it takes no time to figure out what's going on. So being able to mix that up a little bit, having a full four, 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 four—I uh, can't talk—full <laughs> four-quarter game plan. Yeah. It seemed to be uh, what Bilvin put together, and uh, and taking nothing away from McCarthy, but that was his Achilles heel, and that's the reason why he's no longer coaching this team. No, you're right. You're—I mean, the, you're a hundred percent right. Uh, this, this, it looked, it felt right. It guys went down. It didn't matter. The, it was very clear that the Green Bay Packers were playing harder uh, than than the Atlanta Falcons. They yeah. they wanted that game at Lambeau so bad. They had a fire uh, in their stomach. I I think that. Um, you could see confidence building in this team, and, and um, you know, like like we've been saying, the sky is not falling with this organization. It's clear that they have some talent. It's clear that we're going to be able to see some winning football games going forward. So let's switch over to the defense. I know we touched on Breland uh, yeah. a little bit. Um, what were some? I I, I liked a few uh, uh, other plays too. Um, I've been. A little bit hard on Josh Jackson. He yeah. he didn't have a great Josh game. Jones. Josh Jones. Uh, Josh Jones. Or Josh Jackson. No, Josh yeah. Jackson. I mean, he he hasn't really shown anything. I don't yeah. think this whole year. And first couple games, I thought you know he's just kind of getting his first taste. Yeah. Um. But 
It, you know, he didn't have an amazing game on Sunday, but I thought he made some plays. Uh, it seemed like there was a, a slight progression there, so I was happy to see that. So, um, you know, so there's a little light on the tunnel. Um, I, I think uh, um, some some other guys that stood out, you know, uh, certainly uh, Julio, I said he had a quiet day. I mean, he he got his second touchdown, but really I, 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 I thought that for the most part after that first series, they did a great job on him, and I just like to see uh, Jair continue to just he's such a competitive guy he's out there just you know playing his heart out and yep. I, I thought he overall okay Julia might have gotten his stats but I think uh, I think Jair had a really really good game um who well, I mean and and let me sorry to jump in here but Julio Jones has made really good players look not very good over his career. Sure. So the fact that Jair, yeah, he got he let him eat a little bit, but overall, I thought Alexander played his backside off. I can concur. Right, and and the biggest thing, it was almost like in a basketball game where you let the star player kind of get his points, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. no one else really does much of anything. Yes. And that seemed to be what the Atlanta Falcons' offense was on yep. Sunday. And fine, Julio got a couple touchdowns. He got some. You know, he probably got his. I don't know what his final stats were, but I'm sure he got his yardage or whatever. But, um, but honestly, at the end of the day, it seemed like they were a little bit of a one-trick pony, and that's mm-hmm. that's a credit to the defense and and their game plan that uh, Coach Patton put in as well. Yeah, and and it was fun to watch um, some of the other guys step up. I thought um, I I have to give love to to. Um, uh, big number 95 Tyler Lancaster on the defensive line he came uh he he didn't start the te- the season on the team but he was uh, he was with us in camp this year and um, I'll be the first to admit I went to camp and I watched Tyler Lancaster and I went oh it's good for him getting a shot hopefully he uh, you know catches on somewhere on somebody's practice squad and here he is on Sunday making a just sniffing out a play in the defensive or in the offensive backfield and making a nice tackle. Uh, he's been earning more and more playing time, I've noticed, with um, with uh, Daniels done for the year. I know that uh, Kenny Clark is is banged up here, and you're going to need guys like that that you don't expect to, to show up, to show up when it matters. And it's just really been fun to watch guys like him um, step up and make plays. Reggie Gilbert uh, making some, some plays there. Kyler Fackrell again making a couple plays as well. It's it's fun to watch guys that you you see through camp that maybe are late round guys or not even draft picks at all that have to pitch in due to injury otherwise on our defense and that are still showing fire and passion. They know that their careers, quite frankly, are on the line going into next season, whether it's in Green Bay or elsewhere, and um, they're giving it their all. And I thought that um, you could really see a team mentality with the tackling on Sunday as yeah, well. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. And I'm glad you highlighted some of those guys that yeah. don't don't maybe get the attention. Um, so in, in another one is is Morrison. I mean he's yeah so he's limited, but I think he's really been playing hard. He's proving uh, I think that he you know wants to try to earn a, a spot. And um, so you know he, he's a guy that you're always kind of holding your breath that he's going to get uh, you know a, a, a spearing penalty. Yeah. But at the same time, you know I I thought he played well and and certainly kind of. On the opposite end of the spectrum, um, Blake Martinez has had a, a really great overall season, certainly one of the stars of the defense, yeah. but um, had a tough 
tough game uh, uh, last week and, and really bounced back, I think, this past week uh, against the Falcons. So, um, Couldn't just, agree more. So, so that was, uh, again, so really great job by the defense. And it makes a world of difference when you get those takeaways, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, I mean, it, the reality is um, there's a lot of guys playing right now on this on this uh, this team on the defensive side of the ball that people haven't heard of, right? Like Eddie Pleasant at safety. Uh, uh, you've got Redmond, he's number 25. Uh, he's a cornerback who was a who was like a third round pick uh, who who couldn't stick, and now he's on the team. and And they might not be playing substantial defensive uh, snaps, but you do see them on special teams. Also, and I've been critical of him, but I'm going to give him some due. Tony Brown, number 28, he he looks like he knows what he's doing out there a little. Yeah. He moves his body, right? You can tell how some of these guys move around. He's starting to be around the ball a little bit more. And my frustration with him has been all these uh, unnecessary penalties to start the year. But his play on the field, and he hasn't been getting those penalties the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm excited to see what guys like that are able to do and showcase over the next few games. Yeah, if he can stay hungry, you know, he's that undrafted. Drafted guy, yes. we've had success with those undrafted guys in the past. Trevon Williams, right? He's Williams, Sam Shields. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's 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 got the athleticism. You know, maybe he just didn't have that track record. Yep. Um, comes from a major program. I, I I guess I don't really know his backstory that much down at Alabama. Not either. Uh, yeah. Perhaps he wasn't even a starter on the defense. I I, I I guess that's probably what I would guess yeah. if that was why he fell. I I don't even really know to be honest with you. Um, so I guess that's a little homework for me for next year. No, but it's fun to watch, right? Yeah. He's developing. He's getting real real snaps on that defense right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I have to say, um, as much as it feels good to kind of vent after our Packers loss, it really feels a lot better (laughs) to to talk about a Packer victory. So, um, since we're, we're, you know, talking here a little bit later in the week than than we normally do, um, I propose we kind of do a transition over to the the Bears game this week. What do you think? Uh, I'm happy to, and I... I have very real feelings about this week, and in addition to that, the the season going forward. Um, Wags, I I gotta tell you, I look at I look at the world, I look at what's happening in the the universe of the NFL, and I see that the team in Washington needs to lose one football game. Yes. And, and I, Hit and me I, with and, this. And Philly, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, they need to lose one game. Just and one? They need to lose one game. They don't have a starting quarterback, oh, is my I'll keep going, game. I and, love this. And mind you, they play the Rams, and they play Houston, and they play Washington. So between one of those games, either Washington or Philly is going to lose one of them, right? So they need to lose a game. Carolina needs to lose one game. And they play New Orleans twice before the season ends. And then we're sitting here and we have a team called the Minnesota Vikings that need to lose a couple more games. I hate the Vikings. I hate the Vikings too. And they play a couple NFC North rivals, Detroit and Chicago still, and they play Miami. Um, And the Green Bay Packers, of course, need to take care of business. And I got to tell you, Wags, (laughs) I got to tell you, I don't know what's going to happen with the other teams. I don't know what's going to happen. I I think that I I have an idea what's likely. 
I think it's likely that Washington loses a game. I think it's very likely the Eagles lose a game. I think it's very likely Carolina loses a game. But you know what else? You know what else I think is very likely. Are we really talking about this? Right I'm going to tell you what I think is likely. <laughs> just likely. I think the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers can win out. I really think we can win out. I think that we can do our job between now and the end of the season. And I'm going to say it: the Green Bay Packers are not losing another football game in 2018. Wow, I love it. I'm I, it. I love it. And I you know, I I I didn't want to go there, <laughs> but I love it. Um I have know, to say it. I, I have to say, a, a few weeks ago, I was sitting here talking about um, I, we have to like our odds in a in a in a Rodgers versus Trubisky matchup down in Chicago. I was hoping we would win a couple games leading up to this this week instead of just the one this past week against uh-huh. the Falcons. But nonetheless, I can't argue with your logic. I'm not going to backtrack on it now. <laughs> no. uh, these these are the games. I mean, sure, the Bears have had a much better season than the Packers. Absolutely. They're going to win the NFC. Uh, you know, clearly, um, you know, they're in the playoffs. Um, they don't really have a ton to play for other than just to stick it to the Packers. And sure. This is a big rivalry. Clearly, some of their players are, you know, they, they, they're a little perturbed by Rodgers' uh, comments, but mm-hmm. so be it. Right. The, back it up. You haven't won in, in Soldier Field since 2010 against the Packers. That's right. Uh, if you want, if it bothers you so much, go ahead and try and do something about it. That's right. Um, until then, uh, I'm sorry, Chicago. Yes. We might just have your number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so let's see what you can do. Your wags. You're absolutely right. And right now, I'm watching a Green Bay Packer team that there's no pressure. What? What? Nobody's expecting them to do anything. I watch. I. I, I look up north. I look at the Minnesota Vikings. Can't lose games, Minnesota. You can't lose games. Green Bay. I guess we just have to go down to Chicago and take care of business and see what the what else is happening, right? But I think we can go down to Chicago. I think we can beat them. So the biggest key, obviously, we can't fall behind because that's going to put so much pressure on uh, Rodgers yes. and the offense. Uh, we The last thing we need is for the Bears' uh, D-line to be able to just pin the ears back. <laughs> right. We've seen this story a lot. Uh, you know, how often have we seen that? Especially if Balaga's out again this yeah. week. With well, it, even if he is yeah. playing, it just doesn't matter. We can't fall behind um, because that falls right into sh- the Bears' hand. They're a running team that has a really good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Packers are a beleaguered defensive line uh, that is uh, not necessarily built to come from behind like maybe they have been in the past. Um, so that, to me, is key number one. Now, can you, they fall behind 10 nothing and still win? Yes, but you can't lose your composure. Mm-hmm. Got to st- you, you have to ideally jump out ahead in this game. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I, I agree, and I, I, I'll admit readily the Chicago Bears are a heck of a football team this season. Um, they've got uh, they've got incredible defense, right? The defense looks really good. But I will say their quarterback play at times has been phenomenal, but at other times has been a little up and down. And um, we have a defense that by no means is 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 a top 10 defense right now. We have a ton of injuries. But I think we also have the ability – 
to make a young quarterback look uncomfortable, and I look for us to do that this Sunday. I, I agree, and it, that was going to be the next point is we have to find a way to, to create some turnovers mm-hmm. again. Um, you know, we don't need Trubisky to throw four interceptions, although I would definitely take it if <laughs> yeah. he does. Yeah. But, I, I mean, even just a couple of, of takeaways, whether that's an interception, a fumble, um, whatever, um, it would be nice to see if we can get a little pressure on the quarterback. Um, Clay, this would be a great time to show that that you have some old man magic in you. <laughs> yep. um, you know, maybe a strip sack, something along those lines. That Please. that that would that would be um, highly beneficial, I think, this week. Take a little bit of pressure off the offense. Work with a short field. Um, so so that would be something that I think would be um, a real key. Kind of maybe flip the script a little bit mm-hmm. of what we saw in the Bears uh, Packers in the first game of the year, uh, where if the Packers can do to the Bears a little bit of what they did to us in the first half of that game, um, I'm sorry, but I see no way that Trubisky can uh, have that type of comeback against the Packers in the second half. No, me either. Me either. And um, I just, I, I go back to it. This isn't the most talented Green Bay Packer team we've seen in the last 10 years. Um, this this team is as injuries as all teams do in the NFL right now. Um, but but I agree. I actually think, believe it or not, the Packers match up pretty well with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I, they do. And I mean, it's that can happen. There's yeah. teams that you know, frankly, you just don't match up as well against. Um, and some teams you do. Uh, and um, unfortunately for the Bears, the Packers just seem to match up pretty well against them and that they've had some good battles some close games yep. um but um more often than not uh over the rogers era um the packers have have basically had the, the bears number yeah no i i i now wags we we've talked about uh, randall cobb as being just a chicago bears killer over the years uh if you could name one other player uh offense or defense uh that you think needs to have a big game uh, to to win this game, who is the most critical player on the Packers? Not named Randall Cobb or I, I guess Aaron Rodgers. The most critical. Yeah. Are you saying most critical in terms of like a, a sleeper or most critical just overall? I'll let you pick. Just well, overall, who's got to have a day? For I, us I, to I already called. I already called it out. Um, you know, there hasn't been a lot um, that's made me think that. I will see a vintage Clay Matthews game, mm-hmm. but there were a couple of flashes last week too. Yeah. So I don't know if he just had a little bit of energy, uh, but um, but I do think it's going to have to be someone on the defensive side of the ball that mm-hmm. that makes something happen. And why not? He you know he's capable of it. I think he um, has been kind of thwarted, if you will, um, by what happened to him early in the season. Um, He lost some of his aggressiveness, but I think it's slowly kind of coming back. He's getting more comfortable. He doesn't have the, um, you know, the athleticism or, or, you know, the ability that he did in his prime. But if he's playing at full speed again, Mm -hmm. um, I really think that he has an opportunity to make something happen. And he's had some nice games against the Bears in the past, too. Sure has. So uh, that's going to be my pick. I, I really would love to see a, a big Clay Matthews game um, and uh, for him to make a couple of big plays. I love it. 
I love it. I, I, I can feel the energy here. I can feel it. I think there's something cooking right now. Uh, up in Green Bay, and I'm, I'm excited to see what the rest of the season brings. I, I really am optimistic. This isn't, this isn't, uh, there's no BS here. I feel it. I felt this at times in the past over the years, and if anybody can, can pull a rabbit out of their hat, it's number 12. Absolutely, and you know, they don't have a control of their own destiny. Nope. So he's not going to come out and do the whole relax or we're going to run nope. the table thing. But I'll tell you what, uh, if we get a win this week and a couple of those dominoes that you mentioned fell, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a little swag town out of number 12 at that post-game press Me conference. Me too, and I think it's going to get a little hot under the collar up there in <laughs> Minneapolis too. Yeah. So hey, just before we go, yeah. I, this is a Packer podcast, but can we throw a little shade at the Vikings? <laughs> I, I mean, Honestly, uh, so we so so there we've got Coach Zimmer yeah. kind of saying how terrible it is that the Packers let McCarthy go in the middle of the season, yeah. and she's certainly entitled to his own opinion. But then the man fires his <laughs> offensive coordinator in the middle of the season one week later. Yeah. I mean, uh, come on, come on, yeah. yeah, you know, control your own business, stay yep. out. You know, the, you're you're the second fiddle. You're you you know you're the little brother in mm-hmm. the in the in the NFC North. So don't try to pretend that you know you are the elder statesman. <laughs> you got control over yeah. this thing, and that you know you. you you can uh, throw shade at the Packers. Just go do your own thing, Coach Zimmer. Okay, yep. uh, you're you're coaching a poor, you know, terrible uh, loser <laughs> franchise yes. that's never won a Super Bowl. Never. And I don't want to hear it anymore. It's over. You know what? You just can continue your little choke job yes. and blame the offense because you're Mr. Defensive Coach. And I mean, listen, you're a hell of a coach, but I'm not going to get off my little roll here. No. Um, I'm sorry. I, I just I love it. I I I love that you called before the season that uh, you know that they're going to go and sign Cousins and he's yes. Mr. 500 quarterback yes, and that's where is. they're at right? that's who he is yep. so I yes. love it and, and you know what do I think they're going to lose to the Dolphins this week? No, but stranger things <laughs> they, have happened. That's right. Um, I don't know what was going on with Miami last week, but uh, they seem to be a little galvanized uh, of their own with Tannehill back. And yes. So who knows? I mean, it, it, it would be an incredible sight to behold. And if you guys think we're excited this week, if uh, if the Vikings – I don't care about those other teams. If yeah. the Vikings lose and the Packers come out of Chicago with a win. That's right. Um, you know, all bets are off. Right? All bets. Are yeah. off. So and, and 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 something tells me that week 17 Lambeau Field against the Detroit Lions with it all on the line is a very real possibility once again. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, I, I got nothing else to say, Dane. No. no, we're excited, and we got a game in a couple days here. We're doing this podcast later than we normally do. Um, so it's it's go time, right? It's go time. Yep, absolutely. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.